0: Hi, you're listening to the Queensland Theatre Quality Time Podcast. Let me set the scene. Single Fathers Raising Daughters. It's a regular feature in many of Shakespeare's plays. It reflected the unfortunate reality that many women died in childbirth. It also helped drive narratives stemming from these fathers being unsure of how to tackle the challenge of parenting their daughters in a society that wasn't built to support such relationships or that even offered women much in the way of opportunity. Today, Leigh Lewis is joined by John McNeil and Claudia Ware to discuss the father-daughter relationships in Taming of the Shrew. Enjoy! (laughs)
1: Hi everyone, I'm Lee Lewis, the Artistic Director here at Queensland Theatre, and I want to thank you for joining me for another Quality Time podcast. All of the conversations that we're having are on the lands of the Yuggera and the Turrbal people, and I'd like to pay my respects to elders past, present, and in the future who will make sure that the stories that are told here are connected to the much bigger story of what it is to tell stories on these ancient lands. Stories told here for tens of thousands of years, and we feel very proud to be able to add to that storytelling tradition. In the full knowledge that uh, the settlement community destroyed much of what the continuity was for so many years. So thank you to the elders. I have the magnificent Claudia and John with me. <laughs> it's this morning. I'm talking to you at 9 o'clock in the morning before yes. the rehearsal. You're now in the final week of rehearsals for Taming of the Shrew, directed by the extraordinary Damien Ryan. Yeah. So how are you going? I'm just going to start right in on that. How are you two going? I'm fine. I'm having a great time.
2: I, I'm having an amazing time as well.
1: Oh, oh, yeah. Well I hope that all comes out on the stage because frankly we don't care if you're having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> the train's all might about case. Us, <laughs> us having a good time. <laughs> having
3: a great time, but it is it has been so wonderful watching rehearsals. You both of us spend a yeah. few bit of time off stage, but I think for the most part we've stayed in the rehearsal room watching other people work because the way that Damien directs and the work that people are doing is just so exciting and detailed and magnetic. So Absolutely. I love watching it.
2: Yes, it's Damien's direction, but but this cast, I mean, uh, this is my first time with Queensland Theatre, but I've been around doing a fair few things. But uh, the cast is extraordinary, the talent in so many different areas uh, and the generosity of everybody. There's 11 in the cast and and Damien just holds it together so beautifully, but he also Mm -hmm. allows input from a lot of very creative people. So I think we're all aware that when we come to rehearsal, for taming of the shoe, you've got to bring your A game. <laughs> Excellent. You know, you've got to be on the ball because it's 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 quite exhilarating. It's right. wonderful. It's been a wonderful thing to be part of.
1: Yeah. Now, what roles are you actually playing? We are f- father and daughter. We are right? father
2: and daughter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So
3: you are playing Baptista, Baptista. Minola, and I'm playing Bianca Minola. Bianca, yes.
2: I have two daughters, mm. of course. Mm. Bianca is the one who is very well behaved,
3: yeah, seemingly. We're, we're, seemingly, seemingly so. Yes. Well, I'm
2: from <laughs> Batista
1: thinks she's perfectly wonderful. <laughs> yes. yes.
2: Other daughter, little bit problematic.
1: Ah oh, right. Yes, That's Indiana. so often the case, isn't it? Yes. The problematic daughter. Yes. Great. <laughs> <Yes.
2: laughs>
1: right. And so in the story, what are some of the surprising things, I suppose, for you? Because we all it's a beautiful thing about working on Shakespeare, isn't it? From an audience point of view, we think we know the place. Mm. You know, we've yeah. seen it a couple of times and we go, oh, they're putting that one on, right? That's exactly mm-hmm. right. And so we've got all sorts of assumptions about it and I'm sure you had those assumptions yourself when you when you started, what this play is and, okay, Queensland Theatre's doing that one, I'll put my yes, hand up for that. Exactly. It worked out well, you're here. Yeah. <laughs> um, what has been a surprise for you in working on this particular play this time?
2: It's funny, Claudia and I were just talking about it in there. We, because we explore it in more detail, and great depth, and particularly something like like this, I had been in, in Sydney and playing Vincenzi uh, Vincenzi,o <laughs> And because it was one of these things where it was, let's let's get it on, mark through all of the plot points and give everybody this play that they enjoy. We didn't go into the depth. And so one of the great surprises for me has been to really, really get down into the depth of it because, you know I said, my, my older daughter was problematic. It's really the men in the story that are problematic, mm. you know, and I think given the context of the world in which we're presenting of the Shrew, that's, that's always very important to look through that. So to be seeing the way this is coming together in, in the detail and the complexity has been really exciting.
3: Yeah. I think the play gets um, so much heat for its final four minutes. I think what has been surprising for all of us but hopefully will also be surprising for the audience is that there are so many layers of complexity to this play mm. in the two and a half hours before that final speech by Katarina, and there's so much that's dealt with in terms of uh, interpersonal relationships, romantic relationships, gender issues that are said by people, by characters other than Katarina
2: yes. um, that are
3: explored in myriad ways. So I think that will surprise and enlighten
2: audiences. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and, and the way Damien's uh, looking at doing it by sometimes when we set it in a different time period, it's just costumes really, and you don't reverse yourself. Well, we're really immersed deeply in this world of 1920s-ish silent film era, and so a really rich world is created, mm. isn't it? And and in, then we we look at this story of uh, and the characters and the themes of Taming of the Shrew within a really rich world, not just you know. Different costumes. Yeah. Basically the same. So it's it, it really does give something that's gonna be really absorbing and entertaining.
1: Well that's kind of the it's kind of the job isn't it? It is. To absorb and entertain an audience, to sweep them away. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it was It was really interesting last year, of course, with all the, the theatres shut down, there was a company that uh, organised huge surveys for the audience. What would you like to see when you come back? And they came back to all the theatres and said, what people really want to see is is something light, comedy. And it's interesting. It's been interesting. All of the, the artistic directors have been talking and it's like, and we're all going... I'm not so sure that's true. People say that they want that, but what they actually want when they're saying that is I want to escape.
4: Mm. Mm.
1: I want to be swept away. I want to be absorbed. I don't want to stay in my COVID world with all my cares and worries about that. I think about all of those things that the news media makes me look at. I want to be taken away from this. Mm. And I kind of don't care how you do it. So for me, looking at what we would do this year, it wasn't so much that I went, oh, Taming the is a of Comedy, I went, this is a really complicated play. And I think we want complicated things at the moment. A reminder that the big issues haven't gone away just because of COVID. Mm. That absorbed all of our attention for a period yeah. of time. And maybe in Australia, we're, we're, well, no, we are very lucky in Australia that we haven't had the same health crisis that the rest of the world has been suffering. But we do want to get back to the the difficulty of the world. Yeah. Yeah. And there are a lot of people saying, yeah, hold it, just because we didn't get to this last year doesn't mean it's gone. No. And so there was a really interesting thing around about programming time when I was like, we're gonna do the taming of the shoe. And the board looked at me and went, Why are you doing that person? Because it's really hard.
4: Yes. Yeah. Because
1: it's really complicated. And I know a director who's really good at that. Sure. And that complexity is the thing that I'm I've was looking for, essentially, complex works with big casts because, of course, the things everybody missed were seeing actors live on stage. And what's kind of been lovely is getting to learn that for the audience, how much we love that, how much we love being in a room, watching people live performing in front of us. And it's not the same as Zoom and it's not the same as film and TV. And we love those things, too. I love a good bit of telly. But... There's something magic in the live space and people have been really craving it and not one or two people on stage, getting to see a whole lot of people on stage. What's that been like for you? You came back from a year of, I mean, sure, maybe some film and television, maybe some voiceover work. I think that's how people were piecing things together last year. Mm. What's it been like for you coming back into a big work? Fabulous. I I love it and um, no one
3: does ensemble work like Damien Ryan. No one creates a world... With eleven cast members all involved, all all immersed in creating the world, bouncing off each other, each other quite like him. So it's magic. It's magic being back. Was it difficult coming back first week? <sighs> what was that like? Yeah, it was no, great. It was glorious. It was, it was, yeah. It was magnificent. Yeah, <laughs> we're all yeah. a bit high. Yeah, we were. <laughs> we were just like, <laughs> we're like
2: kids, you know, with our little lunchbox at the first day of school, or coming back ready to ready to play. And that playfulness is important in, yeah. in this. You know, it's, uh, Damon uses the expression that really sort of underlined it for me, he said, this play and this production wears its profundity lightly. And, yeah. you know, we, it's, it's addressing important issues, but there's wonderful playfulness and joy and entertainment throughout it and great richness in it. And just to be, you know, I, I can't wait to get to rehearsal each time.
1: Oh, yeah. isn't that magic? Because yeah. there are some times when you work on a play and it's hard and you're going to rehearsal and you want to go but you kind of got to make yourself go in there yeah. because there's something pushing you out. There's something a bit daunting. Daunting uh, that mountain gets really big sometimes, yeah. yeah. Again, we all bounding
3: in every day. Yeah.
1: Well, that's <laughs> right. good because, because speaking of mountain, it's, really, it's rather a large set. I, I yeah. walked into the yeah, – a big boy. The, yeah. Uh, <laughs> quite a mobile set too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I don't have
3: to do much pushing, I but you're all going to have big muscles by oh, the end of
2: I, it. I felt terribly guilty, you see, because my character gets pushed around on these, these trucks all the time. <laughs> I'm not doing very much other than just sitting there looking <laughs> Yeah, and
1: you're, you're not the smallest of the actors too, John, <laughs> no, I'm going like to say. Uh,
3: those of you who haven't <laughs> seen John before, he's very tall. We're, we're still in the rudimentary stage of moving that yes. set around, but when it's when it gets sleek, it'll be a thing to behold.
2: Oh, yeah, it will indeed. It really, it it's a visual feast, and you know, it's, we were about the daunting thing. There's still a lot to do, and there's a fair bit of work, but we we feel we know where we're going. There's a great unity with it, and we've got great trust in each other and in Damien. And I think it's work that you really want to do.
1: The, the fun thing for me is that this is still, the Bill Brown Theatre is still a very new space. It's been the Bill Brown studio for a long time, but that was just a black box with a seating bank in it. Of course, with the the new theatre that was launched back with Near of the Gods, there, there haven't been that many shows in it. It's a beautiful theatre. It, it is, isn't it? Yeah. It is. There's a funny thing that happens with the building of a new theatre. For the, the artistic community, it's kind of like, Will we fall in love with it?
4: Yeah.
1: And you're either going to have a great love affair with a theatre space or it's going to be a problematic relationship and you love them anyway. But there's something about this space and whether it was like, you know, the ghost of Bill Brown <laughs> overseeing the whole thing, there's something about it that's very playable. Yes.
3: Yeah, and playful. There are yeah. so many opportunities in that theatre. Like it's a beautiful space to look at. It's a beautiful space to speak in. It's got great acoustics, but there are so many Artistic possibilities within that one space. Yes. And
1: they haven't been explored in this space yet. Uh-huh. Yeah. you know what, play by play, we're unfolding the possibilities that live in this space. Yeah. And yeah. the audience is going on a ride with yes. the shows. So every time every time it comes, it's, it's that thing of how's it going to unfold this time?
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's one thing, it's it's one thing. Sometimes there are very playable spaces and they're quite uncomfortable to sit in. <laughs> but this one, the audience loves coming to as well. So what I'm hopeful is that with all of the plays that we have in there this year, we're only doing we're only doing one over at QPAC. Mm-hmm. It's just the nature of COVID programming. It's much cheaper to do it in our own space. <laughs> yeah. So we get to have a lot of plays in here and. Uh, you know, there are layers in, in building a program that are about what's the audience experience through this year. Yeah. And I think for this one, they'll be walking in and going, oh, okay, where are we going with this? Again, expectations of Shakespeare. What can that be? Yeah. We're used to directors playing around with a little bit. But what I love is the the mobility of this one. Yes. It's yeah. not a static thought. No. Well, it's certainly it's not, certainly
2: not. <laughs> <laughs> And it seems to bring... The, the configuration brings the audience deeper into the production, deeper into the story. We're kind of it's in the room with here, you, aren't we? And I, and I love Kupec, it's, you know, but you're up there, they're down there where the actors, oh, yeah. you're doing yeah. And it's great.
1: Proscenium theatre is just a different tradition. That's right. It's yeah. wonderful. But, but a corner space storytell, yes. it's like wrapping yes. around the old campfire, isn't it?
3: It's I'm, got a great exactly. sense of animacy to it Yeah. when it's in that shape and with the kind of set that we have that does feel like the entire space is alive.
2: That's right. The, exactly. Yeah. yeah, not just a audience performance, audience and performance area, and never the twain shall meet. Everyone's in this world, and the campfire is a busy good example. Getting up and mm. people telling their stories and things. And I, 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 I can't wait for people to see it. It's it's quite exciting.
1: It's nice when you get to that place, isn't it? where yeah. you go, You wanna share it? <laughs> <Yeah>. no, no, <laughs> not quite no, yet. Maybe in it. a little while. <laughs> yeah. okay. So people at home that might not know how rehearsal process goes, they've had four weeks, so they're in week four. So this is where it feels really impossible. You know what you wanna <laughs> do. Yeah. You know where you're going, but you've still got a lot of little detail in there to get in there before you're actually ready to share it. Yeah. And and there's never quite enough time kind of doesn't matter how long you make a play for. There's never quite enough time because you can always see where you're going. And part of that reason it's not enough time is because ultimately you also need the audience before you get to the final place you know it can go. So you want that... Next layer, but you also go, you also don't want to show it to people until you've got all of your bits and pieces, all your ducks in a row, because you want it to be good, right?
2: Yeah, particularly with comedy, the audience is such a participant. Yeah, I mean,
1: comedy, there's that funny thing, you hope it'll be funny, but really, you can't remember. You remember (laughs) laughing at this bit when you first thought about it, but will it be funny to other people?
3: Yeah, and yeah. then you go, to, are we just finding this funny because we but like each other? which yeah, sure. well, it just can it be a
1: problem sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And comedy is so pass-fail. I find it terrifying as a form because people either laugh or they don't. Yeah. And if you say to people this is a comedy, they expect to laugh. That's the contract. Yeah. So I was really wary about using that word because it comes with expectation, I suppose formal expectation of like three gags a page kind of thing. And you go, this isn't that kind of no. comedy. This is human recognition comedy. See, yes. so Shakespeare doesn't write gags. Maybe there were in his original company of actors, an yeah. actor or two that played gags, yes. but we don't have those. You can't write a gag down on no. the page and you can't capture those without a little bit of video. <laughs> so there's space inside these plays and it depends on the actor and the humanism that sits in there. Uh, and then we recognise things and then we go, oh, God, and that's the funny yes. of Shakespeare. Yes. Do you think?
2: Oh, absolutely. It's. In in a way, it's it's sort of like situational comedy, because it's 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 about the situation. There's a lot of iron, a lot of dramatic irony. Yeah. Whereas the characters on stage don't know that this person is really yadda yadda yeah. in this relationship, but we go, oh, this has happened. How is that going to affect this other person? And so we're watching these things. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the humanism in it, I think, is, it, it is exactly where, even though it's an old world sort of language that we're not always familiar with uh, and, and in a world that's different. It's always a bit like this thing that's happening. We're a bit like us and that's, that's it's, our connection to it. And that's why Shakespeare keeps being worth performing all There are the
1: so many little human observations he packs into just a phrase Isn't it? where you go, oh, my God, that's just like a father. Oh, do you know, yeah, It's absolutely. Ju- just like my sister. Absolutely. And you just go and it's so... Magic to me that reaching across time. That's why I'm so uh, you know in that argument about was there one person writing? Who was he? Was there a Shakespeare? I go there absolutely was because there's one mind that can see humans yes. like that. Yeah, and yet like the writing goes all over the place sometimes. But I go. There are phrases, there's a sensibility inside that kind of observation that belongs to one mind.
3: Yes. I feel like that's what's been so profoundly misunderstood about this play is that the humanism in it reaches so far beyond Katerina and Petruchio and whatever that dynamic is. Yeah. It's it's father-daughter relationships and it's brother-sister relationships and it's sisterly relationships and it's a community, it's a town and how they interact with each other. And ideally an audience member is going to walk out and see so many different forms of human relationship mirrored back at them,
1: not just the romantic one. I always think in this particular play, it's a play about how we treat each other. Mm. Yes. That it's about uh, the various violences that exist in every relationship. The dominance, the submission, the acceptance, the rejection. And it's not about power as much as, I mean, it is in certain moments, obviously, but it's also about the negotiation. And I've always, I suppose, maybe being a, (laughs) I I like to think of myself as a woman who speaks. I've always found this play, that question about a a reassurance that there've always been women who speak. It's just been variously harder or easier for them according to the time they were in, but also the families they were in. Because they've always been stories about good families and good relationships. You know, of course, drama often tells the bad ones.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but that thing about how people have always negotiated their own truces, pieces that they can live with
4: yeah. yes.
1: and the, the role that love has played in that, that, the way that binds us together despite our, our, our hearts binding us together, despite our heads... Yeah, yep. and the complexity of that, that question of how we treat each other. Of course, you can't sell that in a brochure. No. <laughs> this is a, p- a really complex play about how we treat each other. People no, no, we won't sell tickets. No, no, no. no, no <laughs> about, it's it's tickets. tickets. won't sell tickets, which is such a pity, isn't it? You kind of go, um, because ultimately I think that's what people want to watch. That's they what do? draws them in. But we've got these codes for how to talk about a play that we want to see. And that's where that word comedy comes in again. Yeah. Mm. That's a signal to people that, you know, it might end okay at the end of the night.
4: Yes. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, yeah. yeah, do
1: you know what I mean? You kind of go, as you're thinking about what you might want to go see this week, yeah. this is more of an up. You know, yeah. we'd say the word tragedy, it's more of a down. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be a bit sad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's I think a- it's really blunt ways to, to bring together so many different stories. Yeah. What yeah. have been some of the, I suppose, the things that you've drawn on? in making this making this story? Um,
2: well, for me, I, I, I write as well and I've written and played fathers. I'm not a father myself, but I, I, I found the father-daughter relationship really a, a fascinating one because of Shakespeare addresses it so frequently. We were talking about The Tempest mm. and Claudia is played uh, in The Tempest and uh, I, we were discussing the nature of that relationship uh, as Professor Miranda, but, but King Lear and uh, Lord Capula, I played Lord Capula one time and I I found that we still there is a, there's a modern context in which how we relate to women and we, uh, we look to uh, quiet women that have a strong voice that still resonates and I think fathers can come to the, the start of that and sometimes thinking they're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's been on my mind while I've been doing that because it's specifically related to my character. But
1: it's also interesting, isn't it, why there's so many father-daughter relationships in Shakespeare. You go, because women used to die all the time in childbirth. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. There were a lot of physical reasons yeah. for them to die and that left men with the question about how to bring up girls and it was obviously a very different right. time, but there's still yeah. like the fathering of women when the mother mother for them isn't there.
2: Yeah. Well, I think we address that. Quite specifically, you can think of you know, I
1: alerts
2: spoil or anything, yeah. but there are certain ways in which the fact that the mother isn't there within our situation that pops up, and both of the women have to deal with a very difficult situation of having huge expectations made of them,
4: mm-hmm.
2: and they deal with it in different ways, and it's 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 a hard thing, and dad's not helping.
1: Yeah, and it's rem- that thing of reminder of single dad. Not helping. Yeah,
2: that's right. You
1: know, that thing of the pressures, if we talk about it in the scheme of today, I don't think there are any um, single dads that find bringing up their daughters straightforward. (laughs) Oh, I don't think bringing up any daughter... any child. Any any child, child, really, today. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that maybe there used to be much more defined ways around how to bring up men. Ah. So there were patterns you could follow because if you wanted to make a successful man, this is how you built them. Mm. But there wasn't ever the question of how do you build a successful well, successful women were put into a different path, yeah. what success for a woman was. So it's that funny thing of men bringing up young men, they kind of go follow my path and you will be like me. Yeah. Yeah. But you take away the mother figure and you know, how do you bring up your daughter? Yeah. And it's that funny thing, isn't it? All of these conversations will pack into two or three sentences in Shakespeare, like, yes, you know, a different time sprinkled yeah. through, but it doesn't take away the difficulty or the complexity.
4: Yeah.
1: We can all rave on about Shakespeare and there are some, some people yeah. who listen and kind of go, oh, you will go on about it what, so much. <laughs> why? Um, and it's, it's a fair question. The plays are so challenging and we all love a bit of a challenge, don't we? Yeah, yeah we do. Yeah. 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 Well, look, we all had the terrible, the terrible high school experiences yeah. with all sorts of plays. <laughs> we had a group of young artists. We have a pathways program for young people around the state and they come into the company for a week and we set them the challenge of programming the next season. So
0: nice. They meet ah. with all of the
1: departments and they learn what marketing is, what fundraising is, what the finances are of a company, all of this thing. And then they think about all the plays and they research plays and they we talk about what it is that we should be seeing, what they want to see. And then at the end of the week, they present me with their seasons, and they were extraordinary. Great. What they put together and the ideas of what what they want to see as young people, what they think their state theatre company should be doing. Okay. But it was this, it was this really funny moment where at the beginning of the week, where they started talking about what seasons they'd put together, and they all were talking about the plays that they knew were the plays in the curriculum. Yeah, right. Oh, well, let's put this play in this play, and one of our leaders in the in the team said to them, Well, do you like those plays? And they went, Oh no, we hate these plays. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because the the ones you do at school, you're made to do, you it done a bad reading yes. in yeah. class. You don't get systems. the plays. And all of that yeah, stuff yeah. And they were like, we hate these plays. And and she's like, well then why would you make people see them? And they're like, mm. oh yeah. And she's like, make up a story. If you there's a story you want to have, commission it. Mm. Pay right. a writer to write it. And they were like, we could do that. So then it became about what stories they want to see. And go out and find stories. Like if you want to find a play about that, this is how you find a play about something like that. Yeah. And so they really got into that question about what they want to see. And love was a big thing. They wanted to see plays about love, but real um, plays about love. They were like, we want real plays about love, yeah. not like Hollywood <laughs> yeah. plays about love. They wanted to see, pl- oh, there was a beautiful one. Um, it was called The Sacred Grass. They're commissioning it. They wanted to commission it and it's about racism in the AFL. I'm like, yeah, oh, I, I that. That right, well, want to see that too. And that was that funny Communic thing. Can nick some of their ideas oh, for that's, 2022. Well, I said to them, <laughs> I, did, I did say to them, I feel free to like steal all of these ideas. I will maybe, maybe <laughs> credit you. But it was like this really lovely thing about what's the difference between our school experience of a story. Mm. And sometimes people have been really put off by their school yes. experience, especially of Shakespeare. Yes. And the theatre job, I think on one level, is to trick them back into the theatre. Yeah. Come back in. Somehow we've got to get you back in because we're pretty sure if we can get you back in the building, you'll go, this is not what I experienced yes. at school, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what, what Shakespeare
3: did you study at school? Well, oh, we did a Midsummer Night's Dream in Year 7, which seems baffling to me because when you look at Midsummer Night's Dream in it detail, is. you go, Gee. this is... This is really dark and really complicated and so inappropriate for twelve-year-olds. <laughs> um, we did we did Hamlet, we did Richard II, we did The Tempest. Gosh, we did wow. we did one a year. Yeah. yeah, right. Did one a year. But in in the similar way that you were talking about, you know, sitting around in a classroom, reading them aloud tone. Yeah. Um, but I was also incredibly lucky I went to a school that would sometimes take us to the theatre and that was so exciting to see yeah. how it was meant to be yeah. looked at and, and these days I teach a lot of English yeah. as a part-time hustle and always try and push <laughs> students to see the play if you can watch a filmed version of Um, you know a digital theatre plus version or something you're
1: going to get so much more out of it well of course the exciting thing is we're going to film this one yes we are yeah what we learned last year is that that digital space is a way to reach audiences far beyond brisbane you know it's not brisbane theatre company it's queensland theatre yeah you know and you go part of our job is to reach out to all of the audiences who can't make it here even the people in brisbane who can't come into the theatre for various reasons and last year was a a big reminder to that, that we need to work harder in that space and do more. So we've put together a digital season. So we're filming three works this year, which people are going to be able to watch a couple of weeks after the show has closed. They're going to get a recorded version, which they're going to be able to watch at home. They can invite their friends over and have theater in their house, you know, couch theater, but you know, house seats. They're going to have have house seats. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I I would really, I would really love to think that people would buy a, a, one of those digital subscriptions, and three times in the year, have their friends over. Oh. You know, sit around, have a glass of wine, and yell at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's the freedom you know, of digital yeah, theatre, the right? Of digital <laughs> theater. Yeah, exactly. It feels like uh, that there's a real possibility there for small communities of theatre people theatre lovers around, the, yes. the, I would say that around the state, but around the country mm. to yeah. actually enjoy this play, yes. to see what it was like. I know I grew up in a small country town and had I been able to watch some of these, pl- some of the plays I read about in a recorded version, I would have loved it. It's never going to stop me going to the theatre. I really want to go to yeah. the theatre. Yeah. But then this particular production gets captured Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You can see the
3: appetite for it in yeah. the way that Australians have consumed national theatre live yeah. from oh, overseas yes. and it's so great now that we're going to have our own national
1: product mm-hmm. to feast on. Yeah. Well, I've enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong, I have enjoyed it, but there's a part of me that goes, we've got to get an Australian voice out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's there's something in the way, and especially in Damien's work, there's a radical Australian voice when it comes to Shakespeare yeah. and that question of, Especially in a time, that question of how do we unpick colonial thinking. Oh, yes. The voice that sits inside Damien's work is so beyond its origins. Yes. It's not mimicking the way the British do Shakespeare.
2: No. No.
1: And I want them to see that.
2: I think that gets back (laughs) to what you were saying before about the accessibility and that it's not... And the levels and Shakespeare isn't a museum piece that we we trot out and go and we walk around terribly respectfully and look at it and go well that's very nice let's put it back in the box it has to say something about the world we're in
1: yeah and so we and the world we are yeah, in we in get, in Australia exactly. and it's got a ring it's got a ring true for that
2: well it it I, it, it does there are things happening in Australia in yeah. recent weeks and now that will be forming part of the conversation people have in the car on the way home
3: mm. yeah and I guess that's the argument. Against calling it a dated play, that's right. it, like you the look,
1: job is to make it not dated. I don't think that's, but right. It's, that's right. But it's, yeah. but it's not. It I mean, was. you look at yeah. you
3: look at what's been going on in our national politics, on our reality television, yes. and you go, "This
2: women are true. This
3: play lives and breathes twenty twenty one in so many ways. I and it's also that all.
1: thing of the way women treat themselves. Yeah, how we're, yeah, so. how socii- society builds us to think, mm-hmm. and how do we e- ever, in any age, undo that? Yeah. How do we not live by the way we're told to live? Yeah. What, what is that That idea of received wisdom? Where do we receive it from? Yeah. And how do, you, sometimes you behave in ways where you kind of go, I don't even remember being told to be like that, but why am I? How do you unpick yeah. that? And that's not unlike colonial practice. Yeah. How do we unpick the ways of colonial thinking? Yeah. How do we undominate? Yes. <laughs> It's a, really, it's a really fascinating fascinating thing. And then that question of how do we play Shakespeare? This is something we've received from another culture.
4: Yeah.
1: Once upon a time, we were of that culture. We're not anymore.
4: No. So
1: how do we undo the ways of judging it? Yes. How do we, how do we not even have to refer to that but actually make it as a story for us now? Yes, you get a great director like Damien. Right? Yeah, you do, don't you? <laughs> 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 now you're just sucking up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really think it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. You, it, there's a a distinctively Australian brain working yes. inside Damien, and his he's seeped in the knowledge of how uh, the traditions of performing Shakespeare, but hes it's kind of like he's eaten it all and he's digested it yeah. and we've got this truly Australian voice making these stories with these words that, yes, were written by a man on the other side of the world, you know, 450, 500 years ago, but he's got this voice. Yeah. And as an artist, what he's trying to say in this time with these words is kind of extraordinary and it feels very Australian to me. So I'm, I'm really... I'm really thrilled that we're going to capture a little bit of his voice as an artist in the Australian landscape so that yeah. more people can see it because it is that that ty- the tyranny of geography in Australia. Yeah. Mm. It's so big here. It's like <laughs> would you, can you get, well, it is a bigger challenge of can you get from L.A. to New York to see a play, Yeah, you know, can yeah. you get yeah. from Perth to Brisbane to see a play? Not often and <laughs> definitely not at the moment with no. all the border <laughs> things going on. So how do we... Well, finally, we're in an age where we can start to work against that. And maybe one of the great things with COVID is that it got so many people across the line with figuring out how to connect with Zoom and things like that. Yeah. A lot of households figured out a little bit more digital dexterity. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah? We did learn, as horrific in a lot of communities as it's been and remains, we, there are some things that we learned. Not yeah. the, the technology, of course, but in some ways there were really positive stories of, oh, there was, who was it was on Radio National coming in, I was listening to uh, Frank Kelly talking to, I think it was Hugh Macquarie talking about that there was genuine kindness that was established in some communities that hadn't connected. And how do we, Even if around, we get healed yeah. from this horrific look, wee, bu- wee beastie, yeah. how do we keep that kindness in us? Well, look, and there's
1: funny things like, like Anzac Day last year and people coming out down the, their driveways yes, and yes. seeing their neighbours doing the same thing with little candles at the ends of driveways. And, you know, yeah. people look, getting to know their neighbours. Yeah. You know, Brisbane Festival going around to all the cul-de-sacs around the different, the different suburbs yeah. Yeah. and people coming out for a little bit of art in their cul-de-sac. And you go, yeah. things like that, maybe that question of community has been re-examined and just locally, yeah. you know, are your next-door neighbour. The significance of our
3: essential workers, yeah.
1: yes, learning,
3: exactly. you know, learning the names of your essential workers in your
1: neighbourhood. Yeah. I think people really learnt to do that yeah. last year. Look, I think back to some of the conversations that were being had two or three years ago about healthcare and all of that sort of stuff. I think that for the next 20 years at least, you know, there's not a politician in the world that would talk about cutting back health care or funding it less. I mm-hmm. think we all need to pay our nurses more.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And our
1: primary right. school teachers, and our primary school yes. teachers, look at what they've actually yeah. done in keeping things going, and yeah. making sure that kids have actually had a, a year of learning. Yeah. Like, like my mum's a high school teacher, and right. you know what they were doing—extraordinary the, the amount yeah. of work.
2: Yeah. I saw a bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. But they prepare new things, and then it would change, and have to prepare. And the 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 great general goodwill among uh, teachers and healthcare workers and so forth to do the job that we now seem to refocus and go. We worked out what's important. Yeah. There was this great drive to get a lot of stuff. Yeah. And suddenly we had to sit back and go, okay, well, people are dying. We've got to work out now seriously what's
1: important. What's important,
2: yeah. And I think that, just going back to Shakespeare, I think that that humanity is in there. We think there's parts of it where it's a cautionary tale where you see people doing and you just feel like saying, I just want to slap Baptista sometimes.
4: Yeah. Because (laughs) you
2: just think, no. Don't do that. You've got an opportunity now to connect with your daughters. Listen. And and other people who, you know, there's there's this, I'm guessing the audience will be thinking you're wrong to go down that path and and they'll empathize with what's going on and it will reflect back into their own life and their own uh, considerations of humanity in their community.
1: It's fun though, isn't it? building a character where you know you want the audience to want to slap him at that point. <laughs> that's that, right. We want to shake him out of that that's and go, right. don't do that. But you've got to build a character that makes yeah, them want right. to do that.
2: Well, looking like this, I'm playing baddies all the time. Oh, no. So I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and I'm quite used to that and sometimes it's you know just for entertainment. But sometimes you've got, there are great negative characters that need to be presented well within a story for it to then in its bigger context have some worth in assessing. Yeah, you, you know.
1: someone's got to play Darth Vader. That's right. You can't uh, have uh, your hero without your villain, right? Yeah. yeah. And, that's, and that's the big, you know, crayon drawing version of it. But in a moment, we play the villain to someone else's hero. M- whether we ever think of ourselves as the villain, I don't know. But, oh, but no, the
2: actor, you know not, I don't want to slip him when, when I am him, but yeah. You, yeah. You know, think you're, that's, that's one of the things, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but where, where to play evil or to play, because most people don't think they're bad. They no. do terrible things, but. They think they're doing the
1: right thing. Yeah. yeah. Now, we always, I think that's the saddest thing sometimes. It People is, think is they're, do, they're doing the right thing and it's only with, when you have a different perspective on it, you go, no, that was a terrible thing. They yeah. go, really? That's not what I meant at all. No. Yeah. Mm. How we communicate, how we see the effects of our choices. Ah, yes. Yeah, right. how we see them, whether we can or not, whether we do see them and block them out and we just lie to ourselves. Yeah, that's the stuff you've been digging around in the, in the yeah. human muck with yeah, yeah. for the last few weeks. Yes, yes. indeed.
2: That's oh, what's yeah. been exciting. That we're, there is, there is all of that detail and complexity in what we're doing. But, but, but again, it's going to be such a an absorbing experience that people will be drawn in by the visuals and the fun and, and the, what's going language. on and who the interesting people are. Yeah. And before yeah. long they'll start just being, we've tricked them into thinking a little bit too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and feeling because it's feeling. about, you know, we're yeah. not coming into, I, I always love it when students come in and the first question now is, what would you say is the theme of Taming of the Shrew and how was it addressed in this production? If, no, just, <laughs> they, they've, they've got, got to, to they've answer in their they next, got next essay. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but they, they're watching all this and suddenly they start caring about being Della caring about being
1: Yeah, and you can about. have your favourites, so, they might and not be right. your lead characters. No. that's right. You're going to go, I like that bloke in the corner. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Leon Kane in the corner. I recommend yeah. Oh, you know. yeah. Awesome. Oh, you can't miss Leon Kane no, in the corner. <laughs> <laughs>
3: he makes himself known.
1: <laughs> Nobody puts Leon in a corner. No. <laughs> no. <laughs>
3: that's
1: right. No. Well, it's been delightful talking to you both. You both right. made me want to see the play. Good, good. I get to, have, of course, have a sneaky peek. Yes. That's one of the advantages of being a artistic director. I can come in and see it <laughs> before everybody else. And I can't wait. I can't wait to see all of the detail that you're packing in. What I have to say is it's one of the most joyful rehearsal rooms that I can remember in a long time. Um, the energy coming out of that room each day has been really inspiring for the whole company. So that's uh, great. your energy has trickled upstairs. Oh, Excellent. that's great. And <laughs> Thank you for that. It's been really lovely. And I can't wait to see you on stage. And thank you to everybody at home who's listening. I hope this has inspired you to come along and see the play, if not in its live form. If you're in Perth and you want to see it, that you go online and figure out how to subscribe to it digitally uh-huh. so that you can see one of the art, Works from one of our great Australian theatre directors, Uh, and to everybody who is listening to this in the future in England, (laughs) yes, he is one of our great directors. (laughs) And welcome, welcome to the wild and magic of Australian performances of Shakespeare. Yeah, (laughs) thanks, everybody.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Quality Time. Please rate and review it, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter at QLD Theatre. You can visit our website queenslandtheatre.com.au to sign up to our e-news and learn more about the stories we'll be sharing next. We can't wait to see you at the theatre again soon. Bye!